Hearts of Fire is brought to you by the All of Us Research Project, which has a simple mission, to speed up health research. To get there, we need one million or more people to join the program. Visit joinallofus.org slash southtexasblood and find out how you can become one in a million. And now here's the host of Hearts of Fire, Adrian Mendoza. Welcome to Hearts of Fire, a South Texas Blood and Tissue and BioBridge Global podcast. This is our pilot season, and we are excited to bring you the stories of our employees and our mission. Today, our guest is Christopher Palmer Charleston. Welcome, Christopher. Hey, Adrian. How are you doing? I'm having a good morning. How are you doing? Great. And you are our debut podcast guest, so congratulations for that. And Yay! I know everybody is going to be excited about what's to come. We want to roll these out pretty frequently so um anyway thank you so much for being our debut guest no problem so i i really just want to talk today about you and you as a person how you love to to work here how you uh you know what brought you here what makes you you so um tell us first what you do in your job so my title is team leader for the headquarters building the donor pavilion here in san antonio uh, in my job, I basically do phlebotomy. I screen donors. I make sure that I take care of the staff members, make sure that they make sure that donors' reactions are taken care of, paperwork, and everything else. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so where did you grow up? I mean, uh, did you, you, were you a native of San Antonio or what? Actually, I... <laughs> I'm a military spouse, so I actually came here um, with my husband, mm -hmm. and I was actually born and raised in Southwest Philadelphia, and I basically went to college in South Carolina. Oh wow! So my bachelor's degree is in science. My minor was pre-health. Oh wow! Okay, well, what brought you to that the healthcare field and and into this field in general? A funny moment. I actually took some certification courses at um, Midlands Technical College while I was in South Carolina. Really? And it was, it was funny because I got on scholarship and majority of the time they always went like, you need to try different areas and see what you actually like. Because mm -hmm. my grandfather was very big on like, look, if you work at a job, you will be miserable. If you find something that you like and you're passionate about, you will enjoy your day every single day. Yes. And is that, is that the way you feel? Well, yeah, because when I was taking the technical courses, I learned cardiac care, EKG, patient care, CNA. And I've done everything from taking care of people that lived since the Great Depression to actually taking care of people with heart conditions inside the hospital. Wow. How does that make you feel when you see the impact, uh, you know, on individuals' life? I never thought that... There are some people that come inside the hospital sometimes and you don't know if they're going to make it or you will see them traumatized to the point that you don't think that they'll recover. Mm -hmm. And when you actually see somebody actually come back and they look like a normal person, I'm just looking like, wow, and I actually helped do that. Yeah, yeah, that that's uh, a memorable moment for sure when you when you see someone you know might have not been able to make it with you without your help without people like you helping them um really is meaningful and, and so, so tell us go a little bit back further about school so you uh tell me more about like uh where did you kind of get the key that inspiration uh to follow a certain path did you kind of find it after school during school before school do you, you know for me i kind of uh, found my path over time, but some people kind of know what they want and they go for it and they go to school to get that. Honestly, like when I was 
taking my technical training, like you would take four different courses and they would basically help you understand what you like more. Mm-hmm. And considering that I started working at Providence Hospital doing cardiac care, I remember this one day, literally, I had nine monitors in front of me, and this person had a heart rate of like 36, and I'm looking like, oh my God, what's going on in this room? I pick up the phone, and the head technician went like, free, stop. We have been bugging the nurses all night. Do not call them. As long as it doesn't drop any further, do not bug them at all. I went like, his heart rate is making mine go up. (laughs) But... After experiencing that moment or thing, I enjoyed cardiac care, but there were so many situations and moments that it was just like, it was too stressful. Yeah. Then I started doing phlebotomy because I was already doing it in the hospital sometimes because sometimes they couldn't get a line in. They couldn't find a vein. I actually enjoyed it, and I started doing work for the American Red Cross. Yes, and that, and that is a connection point for us because I used to work for the Red Cross, too. And where were you at the Red Cross was it in the blood services or disaster services? Because most people think about being one Red Cross, but there's really two, right? Well, that, that was the thing about it. I was in the blood services, and I started out on the mobiles in South Carolina, mm-hmm. and then I transferred to Georgia to work in fix sites. And when you're doing the mobiles and everything, all you're doing is just strictly blood, regular whole blood donations. When you go into the fixed site, I'm doing regular blood donations, then I'm doing red cells, then I'm doing plasma and platelets. Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't understand each donation that they do, it kind of has a certain impact. And sometimes I can help out more people doing one procedure than the other. True. Right, very true. Do you like kind of the educational aspect of talking to donors and telling them about how they can help? other people and what specifically they can do? I actually have a lot of donors to come in um, to donate on a regular basis when they find out what their blood type is and how it's more, let's say, versatile or usable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Especially when we have an O-neg donor come in and everything's just like, I so want your blood. I'm not a vampire, but right now I'm going to act like one. (laughs) It's very true. And they know it too. Once they realize they're O-negative, they know it's a golden sort of blood, you know, that that they're needed and so much. So for like pediatric patients, people who we don't know their blood type for. and um, But, you know, I always think it's interesting to hear um, people's reaction to the other blood types too. And when they realize that it's not just O negative, but also the other blood types that are needed for different purposes, it's always kind of fun to see their reaction because there's always that assumption that they have O negative and that's all that we need. I have one lady that comes in and she donates three units of platelets every time she sits down and all it takes her is like an hour maybe an hour and 10 minutes and it's only because her platelet count is so high i'm just looking like look i thank you for actually giving up your time once a week to actually help people out Mm -hmm. love it so what what do you do outside of work what do you like to do as a hobby as other interests uh so i paint we also do a lot of smooth jazz and everything in the background when we're actually doing a lot of poetry with the family. And my niece has become a fan of when I play my cello. <laughs> you play cello? Oh, wow. I can have a band because, you know, there's a lot of instrument players here. I used to play trumpet. I know Emmanuel plays guitar. You know, he's been up there on the uh, video from Global Quality. He plays guitar. There's some singers. Cello player now. Right. we got trumpet players. I think, you know, we've got a whole collection. So 
how do you play it still cello yeah i play i play once a month usually really uh, in like a band or well, do you well, do it at home as a hobby usually it's at home just to make sure that i keep up with my scales and everything else that is so neat i i love that um what what inspires you in your cello playing and in, in your art in that case or in your in in the terms of the painting, you said you paint and you do art. What kind of art do you do? Majority of the time it's just self-expression and I get a lot of self-satisfaction from the music that I create because sometimes I'll come up with a combination and I remember one of my um, teachers back in the day, she was just like, where did you learn this from? Well, like, I just did it. <laughs> so it just kind of comes to you, right? It, it's, it comes through and through your... Uh, you're the instrument for the art to kind of transform into reality, right? Yeah. My mother was so happy because she went like, look, you were breathing hard half the time. When I actually um, took up the clarinet and everything, because that was the first instrument I learned. Wow. <laughs> when I picked that up, she went like, you can actually breathe now? I went like, yes. You, look, don't worry about the inhaler. I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It can it can bring you to a several a level of peace that, you know, you can, you can keep going. So... Uh, tell us your favorite story about what you do outside of work. I mean, you talked about the cello, you talked about art. Is there something like a favorite story about something that happened relevant to those things or anything else you want to talk about? I enjoy the funny... <laughs> Going out with my husband sometimes, it's an adventure. Because sometimes we, we like to try different restaurants and everything else. I don't know what I'm going to... <laughs> expect when we go out and no matter of fact the other night and everything we decided to go to Popeye's just to go get some chicken uh they invited him to come in back and make our food for us and he actually went back behind the counter and made the food I was just like oh, wow. okay at Popeye's they let him they let him back there literally I, I was just looking like do not fool with him he will actually come back there and make the and she actually went like come on I, was, I couldn't stop laughing because I was just like, only in San Antonio. I have never experienced this. <laughs> what other places? You know, I haven't been to a lot of... I'm, I'm kind of a creature of habit. I, the people over here off of um, Fredericksburg Road at Grady's know me quite well whenever I go in. They know that I'm there for my barbecue. and uh, <laughs> But I don't explore enough of new places. Is there a place that you should recommend to anyone listening they should try in San Antonio? Have you or, ever... Even if they're in Atlanta. I don't know if you've been to Atlanta, too, because I know you're going to have listeners there. Well, hold it. No, I did um, fix sites in Atlanta. Like, yes. all of Georgia, I've been to every single fix site in Georgia. Uh, <laughs> it, it was funny because when I transferred from South Carolina to there, it was, it, it was a moment. But as far as restaurants, there, have you been to Fat Boys, Burgers, and Hot Dogs? No, I haven't. It is literally right down the street or... Um, Vance Jackson and everything. Really? And they have the best burgers. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of you get when you go there? So I have tried the Fatty Boy Burger. <laughs> and I think it's like a half a pound burger and everything. And I did lettuce, tomato, bacon, onions. Like, look, I said toss everything on top of this burger. Yeah. Is it like really greasy or is it like a regular, like a nice dry burger that has... It's, know, it's actually like a nice dry burger and okay. everything. But the thing is, I think that you need to split it with somebody because it's so big. <laughs> Because <laughs> just like their chicken sandwich and everything, like it's a chicken breast that's basically sliced open in half and everything, and they put it on a plate. And I'm looking like I can't eat all this. There, there's no way. <laughs> well, so out in Atlanta, when you guys were out there, what what did you do? You go? Is there a similar place that you would go to in Atlanta? 
you could go to Ladybirds. Okay. It's a nice um, three-course meal place. And literally, the courses are laid out by the chef and everything. And it's meant to go, like, you can't mix and match. You have to go with that course, whichever course you choose. Oh, and wow. it's like three different, the appetizer, the entree, and the dessert, they all fall in line. But you only have three choices whenever you go there. Huh. I've got to try that out. Well, <laughs> I hopefully we have listeners out there in Atlanta who can go if they haven't been to Ladybirds, you said? Ladybirds. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think, you know, tell us about yourself, that something about yourself that no one here at work would know. This is always a tricky one, but hmm. you know, something no one would know. Something no one would know. Uh, I guess my... I take the information that most of my donors give me every single day. And I basically use it in my daily life. And it's kind of funny. I met a guy in California when I was working for the Red Cross out there. Mm-hmm. And the hat that he was wearing, I, re- I remember, it was it was an expensive hat. I could just tell by it. But he was one of the original um, investors of stock in Tesla. And he was just coming in and donating everything. But he was just giving me stock tips and everything else. And I was just looking like, I'm actually talking to a millionaire right now. <laughs> Yeah, you have all all walks of life that come in. Celebrities, billionaires, people who are just, you know, getting by and and then you have students and it's just but you one thing that's like throughout every single donor, they've just got a really really good heart. They're doing it for the right things. That's that's really nice to be a part of every day to be able to meet people who are genuinely just good people. I actually enjoy most of my donors to come in because they are actually giving up their time and they're not expecting anything in return. And sometimes their time is actually more precious to us than than to them sometimes because I had, I remember I was at a mobile blood drive and I think, matter of fact, I was in South Carolina at the time. And this person, we didn't have any Oneg on the shelf at all. There was nothing left. And I had to draw the one person that we actually knew was Oneg at a high school blood drive that day. If I missed or anything messed up, the person that was on the table was not going to make it. (laughs) So as soon as I drew the tubes and everything else, I wrapped everything else. I made sure the paperwork was good. I tossed everything in the bin and the state trooper literally took it out of my hand and ran straight to the hospital. All they had to do was test the tubes. Wow. And that... you're definitely a difference maker, you know, when that happens, you know, someone's life is saved because of the work you're doing. And it's just uh, a credit to how much you probably think about that final impact every single day. It's probably why I enjoy blood banking so much, because when I first started out with the um, American Red Cross, I'm telling you, I wasn't expecting half of the things to walk through the door that I was going to see. And I think that's why I like soft Texas blood and tissue, too, because I don't know who I'm going to meet on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Half the time, I'm just trying to adjust or trying to figure out how to make the day work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited. You are our first guest, and uh, I think it's, it's great we started with you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Executive producers of Hearts of Fire are Heather Hughes and Jay Pajinski. Your director is David King, with technical assistance from Matt Flores. Our logo was designed by Roberto Esquivel. Our host is Adrian Mendoza. If you have an idea for Hearts of Fire, please feel free to email us, heartsoffire at biobridgeglobal.org.